Hello, Annie Trenders. I was going to try to make ghost noises, and then I realized that I didn't want to. Welcome to the first Spooktober Spectacular. It is I, James, your perennial host, except in the summertime. Joining me is Nick. Hello, I'm Nick the Skeleton Lord. I know, that was like my, uh, my, my Skeletor impression. Your Skeletor vibes. And Will! Hey, I'm Will. Uh, I'm, I unfortunately do not have a scary voice, but I am excited to uh, kind of go over our, uh, I guess, spookiest picks for the season, right? Yeah, I, I'll I'll come up with a spooky impression for next week. Other other than that, um, I will I will blow out the levels on my um on my microphone by getting my trumpet and doing a doot into the microphone. <laughs> I will become Mister Skeletal. Maybe you can just ask yeah, Bruno. <laughs> maybe you can ask Bruno to put like in some scary sound effects later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Yeah, I'll have no, him, James, uh... James and I we do Halloween pretty hard. Is like. Yeah. So so there was one year in college. Um, so this kind of goes into the kind of main theme of our episode today. Um, so we were part of Davis Anime Club, also known as DAC. And so the thing is about the club is that it's got a about 100 members usually for like a weekday to watch anime. And so some people would have squeamish taste in some cases. So there are there's a subset of the club that would want to watch like darker more edgier shows that we know wouldn't be suitable for a general audience so we had a sub club we called it darker than dak because that's where we show the shows that are too dark for dak uh, and also it's a pun and it's a pun off of the show darker than black which i still have like never actually seen i need to fix that i also have not seen it like the- because i think it was either you or Connor that said we watch Darker Than Black when we've decided to kill the subclub. Yeah, that 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 was the main reason. Yeah, exactly. It was like if we run out of, of spooky dark shows to watch, then it's over. We have to watch Darker. I don't even think it's dark. Is it even a dark show? I thought it was like 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 I would consider Psychopaths dark, but is Darker Than Black a, like an action show? I don't know. Uh, I haven't watched it. We just I, went over this. I like, haven't watched it. I, I mean, I've seen the poster for it, uh, maybe, and I'm vaguely aware that I was on Funimation back in the day, too. I, I think it's one of those, like, mm-hmm. dark action, uh, brooding uh, gun-type shows where the, the character yeah, just, it, like, it, has a deep voice like... and smokes for some reason. Oh, it was animated by Bones. Interesting. I'm looking up this stuff right now, so I'm like... Yeah. Oh. Well, you can ask the rest of the anime trending staff if anybody's watched Darker Than Black. Yeah, because like I look at the cover art of the stuff and the key art, it reminds me of like a Gen or a Butchie show of Phantom and Requiem for the Phantom, which we did watch in Darker Than Dak, but that's not on my list of picks for. I don't remember shows. that show very it's well. The, that that one Phantom is the whole thing about they kidnap an average Joe and make him become oh, an yeah, assassin. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, it's like a really big like property as part of Nitro Plus, so like. Um, so it's like he, his name is stripped away. He is now known as Zwei or two. Um, and so now he has his partner also known as Ein for one. So now they have to just be rogue assassins doing like for the underworld. It, it, it's like, it's like Black Lagoon, but instead of being pirates, they're like, they're like assassins with no free will. And it's, it's like a really earlier Gendo Robochi show. So it's kind of got that edgy mood stuff. Um, but 
that was kind of an example of like a show we kind of watch. Um, but the main idea of this show today is that we want to talk about some of our picks for horror or darker shows that um, are usually harder to find, I guess. Because like the thing that's hard about the genre is that um, as we get more and more, um, like I guess, watching the most recent shows... Um, there's a lot of shows that have horror elements, but might not necessarily be like true horror or have stuff that's like heavily inspired. So it's, it's hard to find that like deep brooding horror um, from like recent stuff. And that's the toe the line of being actually good versus just being edgy. Yeah, exactly. And that was the hard part with Dark in the Dark is like because it was like our curated list of stuff of like things that we wanted to show that had to be like legit. Like this is stuff I wanted to watch because it's like on my list. So it's like time to impose it on a smaller group of audience that also needs to enjoy what we're watching. So um, I know in this season, like the closest thing that we're getting to like a horror related show is... Um, Chainsaw Man's coming up because like a lot of the stuff yeah. in that manga really does capture the horror and the gore element. Um, and it's kind of wrapped in a really interesting like shonen lens where a lot of the horror is recontextualized so that it's from a shonen prote- protagonist. But there's still elements of like suspense and psychological horror and thriller that it really oh, especially later on later on in in the series yeah i don't think the show is gonna go that far get to that point yeah i don't know like so so the the key the trip that i had today was that i i've been lucky enough to watch the very first episode of chainsaw man um i know this this episode should air beyond friday october 7th embargo date so i'm gonna confidently say that this is this is the show that i've been waiting for when i heard that the adaptation's coming out um really excited to seeing it come out um and like the horror element that i think they've really latched onto is like the sound design i think i think from the perspective of like the zombie devil in the first episode is that chainsaw man's really scary because he makes chainsaw noises and rips you to pieces and it's like he just he just has like all of the makings of just an actual scary monster that feasts on the blood of his opponents to be stronger it's like you flip that around and that doesn't that doesn't sound like a protagonist that just sounds like an unstoppable maniac yeah it sounds like a, a one of those horror movies where it's the unkillable like bad guy yeah a force of nature kind of um antagonist yeah and i and i can't wait to talk about chainsaw man coming up this season i mean this is the one that everyone's talking about um there's a couple really really good shows besides chainsaw man this season i mean it's just like there's so many things i'm looking forward to this season um but since we're in our down week it's gonna time to talk about our spooktacular recommendations to somehow get you through this single week of anime Dolton. yeah we have no chart check this week we have no chart it's check wild. this week we we have our final results that are going to get tallied up soon um we got that to look forward to but yeah so we just have a full hour and whatever to just talk about some of the spooky shows that we've enjoyed over the years probably give an explanation as to like why it scares us if it's got some horror element or why it doesn't scare us if it's just like good or bad um there's no like quality bar i think for today <laughs> it's the quality the the threshold is enjoyment less like objective quality overall we tend to enjoy shows that have better components like you know better design and animation and voice acting and all that. but 
the, everybody has that show or that that movie that is objectively trash but you can't hate it it's too <laughs> you know it, it's so bad it's good or it's just the kind of show we love to hate yeah yeah for sure so this is kind of like i, I think I'll, I'll admit whenever it's like a time I'm talking where I'm like, I'm flexing my deep cut knowledge or I'm just going to be like, yeah, this is my guilty pleasure. I, I like this and I, I don't care what people think. Um, so this is this is kind of like a chance that I get to flex and also be ashamed at the same time. I, I don't think it'll get to that point, though. I, I really, really hope. <laughs> I, I hope I'm very proud of all of the picks that I have for today. Um, you should be proud of all of them. If you're not proud of them, I'll be proud for you. Yeah. So uh, we we also, for the record, we don't know like what any of our other picks are going to be. I think I think James is probably going to have some relative idea of what things that I pick. Yeah, I have I have literally um, like six or seven options. We have four topics this month because there's four weeks in October, and I've just written them all down on a sheet of paper. And so my goal for this month is to not lose that sheet of paper. Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. And yeah, so we'll just probably go like round table of like just keep naming shows until we run out of time or we just give up. And then, yeah, so. Uh, yeah. Also, if it sounds like we're basically ripping off Girl Taku, that's because, uh, yeah, we are. We're jealous. We want to do what they, they do. They have a great think format. Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they recently did an episode with revol- revolving around psychological anime, which does have a huge amount of overlap. Um, I know from that recent episode, um, they did cover Shiki as well as Garden of Sinners and um, Psychopaths Perfect and Perfect Blue, which I think all have like really great horror overlap that all could have been total examples used today. I don't know if any of us are actually going to talk about those. I today, uh, I, I have Shiki <laughs> on my list. This is why I also okay, wanted yeah, to talk no, about let's, Shiki. Okay, we're definitely going to talk about Shiki then. Um, and Shiki Shiki, not Garden of Sinner Shiki. Uh, the the vampire things, village Shiki, yeah. Yeah, no, yes. like, it's funny, because, like, <laughs> I just would totally want to get, like, a whiteboard and talk about uh, um, Ryogi Shiki, be like, let's talk about this character for two hours. Not just one hour, but two hours, because it's... That'll be the podcast special. It'll be the New Year's special. Be huge, be like, this is why everyone should love this character the end yeah um so uh without further ado uh who wants to go first i think i, I don't know I, I i could go first um if i'm just leading the conversation you, you, i think nick you have the most well-formed idea on how you want this to go so why don't you go first and give us a beautiful example all right let's go with the deep cuts so my first show one of my favorites within darker than deck is a show from my favorite director misaki Yuasa. it's a show called kimono zume um i think the alternate title is called the beast claw i don't know if i've ever seen it localized like this i've never seen the translation i've never seen it translated like that and i've honestly never seen it like legally available anywhere which is kind of crazy because so much of like i guess peak masaki yuasa comes from kimono zume even like the um science saru logo now that shows the monkey is like part of this show that damn monkey i love him so much so great i love it his name is literally just called saru so that's that's where the uh the term the fun fact is that that's where the the name science saru comes from um i didn't know about that show that's a neat tidbit yeah 
Yeah, so the t- synopsis is that it's about essentially an order of ancient samurai dudes that have been fighting um, monsters for about hundreds of years. Um, problem with these monsters is that they kind of look like normal people, and so there's not really a great way to tell them apart. But there's this ancient order that has been basically dedicated to fighting these monsters that are extremely strong, really scary. They're pretty much powered by their arms, like all of the power is contained in there. So they they have to cut off their arms in order to uh, basically like kill them. So very ancient order. Um, it takes place in relatively modern times. So there kind of is a conflict between using the old uh, ancient ways of taking out these uh, beasts versus using the more new technology like they're starting to make like literal mech suits that they can power so that you don't necessarily have to train with a samurai sword for hours on end to learn this um, technique so our protagonist Toshiko um, is the head of his clan so he's going to be next in line to be part of this um, dojo along with his kind of estranged brother Kazuma um he's estranged in the way that like Toshi Toshihiko is more of like the actual samurai warrior guy who's super strong whereas Kazuma's always been kind of frail he's got his basically he's the one who's overly relying on the uh technology um and so then one day uh he Toshihiko ends up running into a woman named Yuka um instantly falls in love with her and it ends up turning out that she is like one of these beast creatures. And then to make matters worse, the uh, head of the dojo has mysteriously been horribly murdered. So the whole dojo thinks that Yuka has killed this person. Um, and so now Toshihiko and Yuka are now on the run where the original dojo is now in this state of extreme disrepair. Because Kazuma now has to lead it, but he doesn't necessarily know... Um, the right way to kill all these monsters or kind of like lead the the clan. Um, and there's some characters such as Kyotaro who are trying to basically undercut the dojo to take control of it themselves, like using the secrets of the beasts and like sacrificing them in order to gain basically ultimate power. So a lot of it's like really much a lot of like a Romeo and Juliet story on the run, but it's also undercut by the fact that like the people that have the monster powers are extremely scary like you don't know if they're gonna like rip you to pieces in any moment um and we see that in a lot of moments where it's it's like a lot of great effort in order to kind of like suppress that beast instinct that they end up having um from some of the horror elements i would say like at the very beginning of each episode you get this kind of non sequitur scene of um someone just going about their daily life and then suddenly either they lost control of their power or somebody else lost control of their power. And it ends up being like a really killing frenzy among completely innocent civilians. Like you basically get maybe like a 30 second snapshot into like this world where like literal people could just become monsters and eat you at any moment. So it really does give you like a good reason why like why this clan exists why it's really important but also like it's just a really scary world that they're living in um because of that constant danger now that they're on the run in love trying to reclaim their humanity um i don't know what else is there to to go through um 
Also of note is that Sayo Yamamoto has also directed a couple of these episodes um, throughout the series, and she ended up um, working as director for some of major productions, such as um, Lupin the Third, woman named Mini Fujiko, and also Yuri on Ice. So she, she has become like a huge powerhouse director in her own right, um, along with Masaki Yuasa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both very well-established yeah and nico this was uh yuasa's time at uh uh, working at madhouse correct yeah this was under this is under madhouse so this is like this is again like way before him and onyong Choi ended up making their own studio at science saru so this is like where it kind of all began in a way i think i think historically yuasa had already made like my my game was like his first work and I, I forget like the order between like kimono zume and this one because this this is like 2006 you know this is like very um early on within yuasa's career um because i think some of the other madhouse ones included like ping pong um yeah so it has like that that patented trademarked uh really rough masaki yuasa style um, within the character design. Yeah, the art style is, is very distinctly um, Yeah, and it also has just, like, the most bopping opening, too. I think the... It's so cool. It's this, like, dun, dun, jazzy... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Jazzy little number. I, I, yeah, no, I love uh, jazz, yeah. Yeah, Aver Blue, great song. I don't know if we can play it, but it's a... Uh, there's probably a Spotify link I can I can link after that I found, um, basically made by uh, Kateni Shiagari, Avir Blue. Beautiful, beautiful opening, one of super stylish. Because um, that's the other thing, is like, it really crosses the line between like, it's very stylish in that case, but then there's so much of the like, the body horror element, because there are some characters who find themselves transforming like completely against their will too so it's like the whole idea of like you've spent your whole life fighting these beasts and now you feel like somehow either you were born half beast and you have it inside you and you never knew it um or it's like something like it's kind of taking control that you just are in this completely vulnerable state that you just don't know how to how to deal with and and that's like one of the things that like cosman has to deal with throughout this show is like he's not only in this leader position but he's also slowly realizing that he might have the uh kimono zume beast power so he he is like not having a good time this whole series yeah um, it it does look pretty distinct i'm just looking at some of the uh, i guess the uh visuals on uh on a quick google search uh definitely recognize the yuasa face it's just like I, I don't know. He has a style where he makes the faces just look so, like, very plain. But, like, you can also kind of tell it's distinct as well. And uh, the key visuals, like, uh, this, this, this like, normal-looking guy and the lady has, like, uh, dinosaur claws or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, normally she would have, like, normal hands. But the whole, like, thing is that, like, if she needs to use her powers or if she gets into this emotional state like losing control of your powers then you get like the the beast claw just kind of start coming out um what else was i also gonna say like i think i think if we were gonna do romance shows this is also like a hella good romance too between yuka and toshiko like i think they have like insanely good chemistry it's kind of it's kind of crazy what they get away with on screen um and within the kind of the climax of the show 
has some has probably like my personal favorite ending of any of the shows. I think it just ends in just like the most stylish kind of way. Um, even within all of the like crazy horror, the all the loss of humanity, everything else, it's like you kind of like go out of this being like, wow, that was, that was, that was pretty hot. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? James like very end of the show. I, I barely remember it. Oh my God. It's been a the while. The skydiving thing at the, like the very end. Right. Where he just opens his mouth and you're like, whoa, that was, that was smooth. Like everything else. You don't know what I'm talking about. You're just going to have to rewatch this somehow. I don't know where it actually is available. Most of the time I'm looking this up on Mal and there's like, Usually a good time of like showing where it's licensed. It might not be even legal anywhere. I have no idea where. It's uh yeah, I don't believe I I'm just from a quick search. I don't think it's available anywhere. It's like one of those mid two thousand shows that that I guess time just kind of forgot. Literally, I I will pool together money to just purchase the rights to the show. Like I swear, it's that you'll it's like that you'll you'll have to crowdfund it or, or something like that. <laughs> It's it's where we're gonna funnel funnel all the anti trends money, <laughs> and, and maybe top us. I might I might ring up my buddies and top us. Be like, we need to buy this right now. <laughs> you want to make a million dollars, even though it's not, even though it's actually you want to make like thirty bucks, <laughs> yeah. but it'll make me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone wants yeah. to sell me Kimono Zume, please uh, DM me. Yeah, or reach out to the contact email for any trends. Yep. <laughs> okay, that's all I got for Kimono Zume. Um, I think we can move on before to the other. Screen. All right. Will, do you have one? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, we we kind of <laughs> mentioned it already since we kind of exposed it earlier, but uh, I guess it would be a good time to uh, I got talk about uh, Shiki. But uh, actually, before yes. yeah, before that, uh, I do want to quickly just list off like just some honorable mentions for like the spectacular series like i feel like these anime are good to kind of like binge watch at, at least in the days leading up to oh Halloween. man so uh feel f- don't reveal too many i'm pretty sure we have more themed episodes coming. yeah out. i mean it'll, it'll just be quick but if you are looking for a good scare i feel like you should watch another uh the first the first higurashi series from studio dean uh the first season of tokyo ghoul and uh boogie pop phantom and boogie pop and others so uh don't you keep picking all the bangers well <laughs> come on my list yeah, is I was like james is just like day. shoot he's got to cross all these yeah I, I just I, like i don't think i was gonna talk about higurashi but like higurashi i wanted to talk about higurashi classic. yeah we'll higurashi, higurashi is higurashi. a classic we'll yeah to your yeah yeah it, you want yeah it, it's like i feel like the first series is a bit uh, uh more more scarier than the recent uh series for sure but but i just avoid getting off topic. Uh, those are my uh, honorable picks. But you know, just going back to Shiki. Uh, so, have you guys uh, watched the uh, watched it before? I I have watched like probably the first few because I had to screen it for the show. But I don't think I ever actually finished it on my own. I know James, you probably finished it, right? We watched it when I was in charge of Darker Than Dak, and I'm very happy that we did. Um. Because I have I have a story outside of watching the show. Okay, well, well let's get to that after we get to the main premise for Shiki then. Yeah, um, so I guess how I'd sum up the main premise of Shiki. So one of my favorite, uh, I guess, Stephen King novels is uh, Salem's Lot. And it basically kind of follows the same premise where you have like a mysterious, like just one random stranger in like a remote small village or town 
is suddenly like killed off and then kind of resurrects into a vampire uh at some point and like some through some strange happenings uh throughout the show uh more and more pe- of the villagers become these really strange like they don't call them vampires but they call them like shiki and uh they basically just they're, they're, ghouls, they're yeah they're ghouls and they just come in to your well they're the the homeowners i guess the victims were like hypnotized into letting va- like these shiki monsters uh in because you know the I think that's one of the rules for vampires, and at that point, they have to be invited. They have in, to be run, They in, have to do yeah, all. You gotta have things. that consent for sure. So you gotta. But that's that's why charming. That's why they have those charm powers. Yeah, you know? and then um, I get the series kind of follows two protagonists. I guess one is like uh, this overworked doctor just trying to figure out what's happening in the village and just doing all these like. Um, I guess later on he does all these really cruel experiments to figure out what these Shigi are. And the other protagonist is sort of like, uh, I guess he's an emo kind of, he's a Buddhist. Yeah. Monk. Yeah. The, Oh yeah. Yeah. The Buddhist monk. No, I, I guess I was talking more about that uh, emo kid in high school who was just like, um, like he's just that kid who later turns into, uh, a vampire himself later, but you know, with, kind of unique powers of his own so there there's like multiple mm-hmm. I, I i really there's like multiple characters in this series that um the story follows and uh it all builds up towards this like really great confrontation where you know um the vampires like both the vampires and the humans are sort of portrayed at as monsters in themselves towards the end and like it just gets the last few episodes if you do make it through it it's just like really really uh uh cathartic and and climactic it's like you kind of feel sorry for everyone involved and at the end it's just like pretty much most of the villagers are are wiped out so it's uh like i i'm not typically a fan of vampires but like this one is a good exception and like cheeky you know it's really it's really good uh good find for like any of the um if you're looking for something scary and uh the music for the series helps too it's like uh i don't know if you listen closely to the soundtrack but they just match every scene perfect so th- those are kind of my like yeah those are my kind of my scatterbrain thoughts on shiki but it is one of my uh top anime series of all time you you have set up the most beautiful segue so the music of Shiki is composed by Yasuharu Takanashi, oh, who is also the yep. composer of Zombieland that. Saga. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite shows. And yeah, and Radiant, I believe. Or no, not Radiant. Um Fairy Tale. That was the one. He's done he's done a bunch of uh a bunch of really good soundtracks. We got to interview him as an outlet a couple of years ago at Crunchyroll Expo. And Mehdi was there working press with him. And me. you gave him an award, uh, in right? memory. He's not dead. We just think him a lot. We did give yes. him an award. Um, but one of the questions that we asked him was about the music in Shiki. Because we had, like, just finished watching it in Darker Than Dak. And we're like, yo, this will be, like, a deep pull. No one's going to know what we're talking about in this, like press room with all the other outlets and we felt super vindicated because the beginning of his answer was like that's a really good question and so like Mehdi and I had to 
you know, keep down the fact that we wanted to jump up and high five each other. Um, but his his work on Shiki was was very interesting. And I don't have the interview transcript pulled up right now, which I should have done, but I didn't because I'm a fool. Uh, but check out that interview. I'll link it in the in the podcast description. But yeah, no, the music is very good. Um, I believe the track called like Muddy Water is definitely my favorite. It's the one that sticks out the most. And it's got that kind of drone, that vocal drone in the background. Um, that is that just I feel like sets the entire tone for the show because it it's just this like. It's got this really great beat that feels like a heartbeat, and it's got this just oppressive droning noise in the background, which really fits the atmosphere of the show quite a bit. Um, so that that's why Shiki is still one of my favorite shows, is because not only does it have a great story, where especially in like the mob scenes where the villagers are all getting like all worked up and everything, the t- the tension is so good. It does such a good job at building tension. Um, because it casts both the humans and the Shiki as sympathetic to some degree and also as like terrible people because they are. Um, And so you don't know exactly how any given conflict is going to go. It could go either way. And so the tension of, of the scenes when they prepare to confront each other is great. I remember being like on the edge of my seat watching that. I can still remember how excited I was to just see what happened next. Like I, I baited breath, like holding my breath for some of that stuff, which doesn't usually happen. Uh, so emotionally, Shiki managed to get a lot of feelings out of me. Uh, so yeah, top tier. Yeah, show. definitely. And actually, now that you mentioned your favorite tracks, my, I have three favorite tracks from that, uh, from that show. And I actually use some of these tracks in like an old, like anime video essay breakdown video that I did for uh, Madoka Magica. And it's like, I swear, it just fits so well. All that, it, it like, just the tone, it, it just also fits so well in, like, even other anime. But I really like Day and Night, Fur Trees, and uh, Twilight uh, in that series, for sure. Yeah. Soundtrack just has a ton of bangers. I want to, I don't want to talk about Girl Taku too much, but I, parasocial relationships aside, I wanted to yell so much when they were talking about it, and give my own opinion on one of the scenes that Gracie mentioned, which is where our doctor character uh, does the science on his, you know, his acquaintance. I guess former fiance would be accurate. I think. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, Was, I believe that's one of the scenes uh, in that panel, Nick, the, uh, that, uh, Mongrel does. I think that's one of the clips that he used to kind of advertise for Shiki. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so and hard it to watch scene. It's like it's it's kind of nuts. You're just like he's kind of the monster for doing this because it's so good. Like, it, it's infinite turned, for sure. Like, she yeah. still has like the same memories, which that's what kind of girl talk you talked about as well. Is that yeah, is is you know are they a separate person? Uh, Gracie mentioned the swamp man, the swamp man uh, philosophical like thought experiment. Uh, which I think more, everybody should check out. And if you want a more lighthearted version of it, you should play Fate Grand Order and look at the character of Leonardo da Vinci uh, after part one and part two, or in between part one and part two of the of the story. I don't want to get too far into that. But anyways, that scene, excellent. Very good voice acting, very good sound design, uh, really good at like amping up the emotions. And I totally love the Doctor character for it. 
in that show, I am very much an ends justify the means kind of guy, uh, which is leads to some of my favorite scenes overall when it comes to like psychological horror in particular is when you have a character where the ends justify the means for them. And then it turns out that the ends don't justify the means because their ends are wrong. I love seeing that conviction break because it is one of the best ways to kind of depict somebody really falling apart. It's one of those, I, I want to say like mind break scenarios where everything that they believe in is like the one thing they believe in is, is no longer true. And then the weight of everything they've done under their previous conviction comes crashing down. Uh, Oh, so good. It leads to such great despair. The, the, the righteousness turning to despair is such an iconic moment. And I love it so much. Uh, I don't actually think that happens that much in Shiki. Uh, in this case, the ends do justify the means and the, the horror is more from the fact that uh, people, I say this in general, like we are not protagonists. Most of the time, if we were to be cast in that show, we would be the schmuck villagers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you wouldn't be wrong. I mean, I, I, I like it, it might be my bias, but like I like for some of the vampires, I was like totally just <laughs> I was totally all right with some getting killed off. But, you know, there there were some characters in that show that I, I did kind of feel sorry for in the end. It, it it all ended kind of in a tragic way. Yeah. It's very much that, that meme of like the guy holding the, the, the meme. Uh, I don't know what movie it's from, but it's the one you see a lot when somebody you like does something terrible. And it's like the guy crying in the rain with the gun, but like pointed at, at the viewer. Uh, iconic. Um, yeah. Shiki's good. I suppose it's my turn to, to talk about stuff. Yeah, your turn. Yep, your, your turn. All right. I still have I still have my list of shows, and I don't know which one to pick from. I think I'll go with one that leans more psychological and less horror. Uh, I want to talk about Serial Experiments Lane. Mm, okay. It's a pretty unsettling show. It is. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's set in present day, present time. Present day. <laughs> present. Present. Time. I don't know how to sync that, but <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. uh, it is. It's it's, it's, it's taking God, place right now as we're. Speaking. It's taking place right now. That's right. Um, it's it's a show that definitely I think leans more on the psychological side of psychological horror because there's not like any gore. There's not a lot of violence. It's one of those shows that like makes you want to think and. The best part about it, though, is that if you don't, if you're not good at thinking really hard, like I usually am, especially when it comes to like analysis of a show in the moment, it's still a really good watch. It's got, um, it's very good at building an atmosphere, and it still is good enough at posing kind of questions for the viewer to ponder. Um, that you don't need like a philosophy degree to really think about and some of the actions are you know just pretty general like would you do this if you were put in in lane's shoes um also very iconic uh i i know this came up i think i don't remember what website had it but it was like the top 10 shots of telephone poles and electrical wires with cicadas playing in the background and serial experiments lane has the best one of those yeah, and it, it, yeah, it forms like that really unsettling look because it's like something you see in like every day, but you, but it really like 
emphasizes like the humming of the wires because it's like where all mm-hmm. of like the information is going to travel through the internet but it's like it kind of makes like a a tiny screamy noise and also like all of the like shadows have like tiny blood stains in it yeah there's there's really good subtle detailing in the show that that helps build it i realize i've kind of started launching into it without giving kind of a description uh serial experiments lane follows one girl's descent into the internet um there's a a version of the internet called the wired and this girl named lane gets an email from a dead classmate uh who basically says i'm not dead i have shed my mortal coil and become one with the internet uh so you know the singularity um but and it, it kind of brings there's a bunch of like other characters and that that get involved like there's a kind of like a computer illuminati uh among other things and the the long and short of it is it's kind of the 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 conflict is between who you are in reality and who you display yourself as you know you're like your pseudonym in the internet space and where like it blurs the line between the two and at some point you have to decide which one is going to be you and and or choose to be both and so that's i think the big question philosophically that it asks you could other people can pull other um other conclusions i was, I was, was going to say it, it is like one of the most complicated shows i've ever watched it's a show that i think you could rewatch it many times and find something new to take out of it it's it just has that much depth so i would not be surprised if you just aren't able to pull every single meaning you can get off of it the thing that's so nice about it is that the show was made in 1998 and i think it has so much of like uh like this philosophical uh predication to the internet like it's just so good at predicting everything that um kind of makes up internet culture and like this idea of having this other self um with yeah it's it's very good at that like take if you if you subtract the fact that the technology the physical hardware has improved the social aspects of the internet or in, in the show's case the wired wow it kind of predicted or at least made some assumptions that came pretty close to true it's just now we have smaller computers that connect to the internet faster mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's kind uh, of funny because like, a lot of oh no go ahead nico i i was gonna say there's a really famous shot of like lane learns to build her first pc and just like every other person who learns how to build pcs you start learning how to build bigger and bigger and better pcs and so by the like like midpoint you start realizing something's really wrong where like she's just building like insane supercomputer monster stuff in her like own room or so it's like like her room has kind of like fused with this mechanical computer monstrosity and it's like covered yeah, with like, like cables there's lying cables everywhere, everywhere. Like, there's the like floor. there's like coolant fluid that's like flooding the room and everything <laughs> it's like wow this is what happens when you start building a pc you just like you just you're just fusing yourself to this computer at this point and so um i was i always thought that that detail was so funny as like the series progresses um yeah it's kind of the idea that yeah that like lane is like becoming more internet than human you know yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree on on that with you, uh, Nico. It is a sh- it is a dense show. Like you, it 
like even even after I I watched through the whole series and even then I I don't think I still grasped everything that I I was supposed to um after finishing it I feel like I could kind of grab like find like new nuggets of info once I do a rewatch but it, it's a very um it has a lot of like early uh Y2K era like kind of vi- visuals and uh imagery for sure and the constant like hum of the electrical wire i I feel that's a good like signature of the series it's just like it's something you hear every day like if you go to certain areas but like once you hear in in the series like if you keep hearing that hum for a good amount of time it does start to get a bit unnerving um like it, it just starts to get very unsettling for sure yeah also the op is is fantastic oh yeah um, i i think uh duvet by by yeah i I think one of the few uh anime uh openings in english yeah that's the funny thing actually uh darker than dak was kind of known for having english openings and endings like i don't know why but a lot of the dark shows whether they be psychological or horror or whatever uh they pick a lot of english openings and endings was that just because we were watching berserk at the same time is that why? Well, we were watching Berserk, and then we watched Ergo Proxy, which literally has a oh, radio yeah, song. Ergo Proxy. Yeah, that makes sense. That's another yeah. good horror. I don't know if anyone had that on their list, but good uh, shit. I, I haven't watched pile, it. It does but... uh, seem uh, pretty interesting, though. So I was uh, considering buying at least a, the DVD, DVD or Blu-ray for that, actually. Oh, man. Let me tell you about physical media, the one that got no. away. This was before I had a smartphone. <laughs> Uh, I went to the used, there was a used record store in Davis and I wandered in one day and there was a box set for Serial Experiments Lane that came in like a commemorative lunchbox. And I didn't know if I should get it or not because I hadn't watched the show yet. And so I went home and I asked like my friends like, hey, should I buy this? And they were like, yes. And then the next day I went to the store and it was sold. It was gone. Someone <laughs> beat you to it. So. Someone, someone had better but, taste yeah. than James. That's the that's the facts right now. <laughs> yeah, spitting facts. All right, time for I guess another go round. Okay, I guess it's my turn. So I have I could flip a coin. Uh, if I take this one, this is something I know James would would probably pick. So I'm gonna not pick that one. Uh, oh, okay. So I'm I'm not gonna go on the Masaki Yuasa Power Hour, even though that's what I really want to do, but. <laughs> Maybe if there's time at the end, um, you can go for uh, it. So I'm I'm actually going to talk about Mononoke, which is not Yuasa, oh, yeah. but it also has so much of the elements of just really striking visuals that make it so interesting to me that it's like you almost are like, wait, this wasn't made by Science or Masaki Yuasa people because um, it wasn't. Um, so Mononoke, not to be confused with Princess Mononoke or Monster, which is another name of the same kind of uh, word. Another like good thriller yeah. anime for sure. Another good thriller. Leans not really into horror. Like some parts of Monster, I think, are actually like insanely scary just because it's like the monster is inside you, you know. But, and that, that's kind of re- re- like leans more towards the realm of a psychological horror um psychological thriller thriller horror similar vibes um mononoke is a supernatural thriller and horror um so a lot of it has to do with a mysterious man called the medicine seller that has to travel from place to place in ancient japan it's not ancient it's like 
I, I like the time period is kind it of jumps around. It yeah, jumps time there was, there's like one time period where it's like clearly like older days that one time period where they're on a literal train. So you can kind of see like the errors yeah. change as we go through these set of collection of stories um, that involve spooky ghosts that are haunting people and murdering people because somebody wronged somebody in some way. And it's his job to figure it out so that he can become the, medicine seller. the fierce deity link form, uh, similar to like the uh, the form in uh, Majora's Mask, because he kind of looks like Link, I'll be real, um, <laughs> in order to slay the monster. But if he can't do that, then obviously he's going to die, everyone's going to die, the monster is just going to eat everything, and we won't know what it is. So it's really like a, like a mystery show that's wrapped in this realm of... Uh, supernatural horror because the beasts are there they're very angry you don't know what it is you're, you're, there's some specific scenes where you might be trapped in a room full of tatami that the root doors are shuddering around and there might not be a lot of physical on-screen horror and gore but there's a lot enough like blood-curdling screams and stuff happening off screen that really make it very unsettling especially because um, when you start out with each of these like individual stories, it's like you might have a cast of like a, a unique cast of like four or five people that you know a little bit about, but they're not telling you exactly the whole truth of like why they're here at this moment. So it, it, it's like every classic like um, mystery show where they didn't commit the murder then, but they probably killed somebody or did something really bad in the past. So it, it usually involves like some sort of sin that has caused whatever entity to come back and like get its revenge. Um, dead babies, the revenge of the dead. There's babies. like dead babies. There's one involving like someone murdering a dead, a cat. There's like, Oh God, there was, there's some horrifying ones involving. There's, there's three people. arcs to it. Yeah. There's, three there's, arcs there's, the there's three. And then there's a fourth one called Ayakashi Japanese classic horror, which is a three episode OVA that is, um, before Mononoke. It's, it's essentially like an OVA that they had made that is the medicine seller. And it's a separate cast of characters for each of these individual stories that was successful enough that they're like, actually, let's make a full series of this. Um, so there's there's basically two full series of this particular setup, um, and one of the things that I always find so interesting is that it's a blend of Eastern horror that very much delves into the idea of sin. And so to really understand like why that concept's so interesting in horror is that there's a lot of like if you follow a lot of horror movies, there's a lot of big differences between like. Eastern horror films and Western horror, horror films and tropes because Western horror films really delved into the concept of sin due to um, a lot of it's based off of like Judeo-Christian roots being like so-and-so has committed a sin or done something bad. And so therefore the characters that we're following are getting punished or haunted by this supernatural entity due to the sin. Whereas in Eastern horror, um, Usually, ghosts and spooky things haunt and eat people just for no reason. Like, there's, there's like, sometimes where you could just be a random bystander just going about your day, living a totally pious, cool life, and then you just get eaten because, like, Eastern horror doesn't really delve into the fact that, like, the characters are not getting necessarily punished. They're just killed just because they were at the right, wrong moment. So, it really has that mix of, um... 
the spirits are coming back with the vengeance because of that sin. And also some people are getting caught in the crossfire. So it's a really interesting mix of this Eastern Western horror philosophy. Um, and you can start seeing it in some of the episodes that like really delve into um, like Japan getting more industrialized historically, like where there's one episode that like series that like takes place on a train. So you kind of get that mix of Eastern, Eastern and Western culture at the same time. It is it is the grand opening of the Tokyo subway. Yeah, I sure hope no ghosts crash this this uh, party and then the ghosts say, hey, what's up? I don't remember what the cause of that one was. It was just... I don't either. I just remember that there was a train. I wrote an Anime on Rails article about it. I'll link yeah, it no, I, I need to rewatch Mononoke because it's like, because of the fact that it's like this mystery show and I've forgotten so many of the details of the individual cases, it makes it so nice to go back into it and like kind of see people like like freak out realize that their their story they told the medicine seller wasn't accurate they're harboring like deep dark secrets that they don't want out that's like related to like why there's a, a ghost rampaging around and if you want it's good stuff yeah it's a it's it's a really great show it's got another another bopping opening a very another jazzy opening <laughs> which i guess is probably my my main theme of yeah, Nick's picks are jazzy openings with really unique animation. They uh, want you to feel com- comforted before being scared, I guess. Yeah. Or Nick is just, this is him flexing his, like, <laughs> I have taste. Yeah, yeah. Listen to, see, hear me with my, with my smooth my jazz openings. In my, he just yeah, has like the top tier taste for sure. Look, I, I finally have the platform to like get my validation that I've always deserved. You know, <laughs> um, if you want like another like really interesting like not anime horror recommendation that like follows a similar philosophy, I highly recommend checking out the 2016 Korean horror film called The Wailing. It's basically like about a buddy cop uh, that is trying to like discover why people in this village are just going absolutely insane and like like they're killing people are killing each other like they're getting possessed by ghosts and he comes to find that like his daughter has been possessed by ghosts so it's this whole idea of like similar to shiki of like is he paranoid that like it's related to the foreigner in the village that has just moved in or is it like actually ghost or is it because somebody has committed a sin that they've got to figure out like it's this interesting blend of like you don't know what the actual cause is and it has all of the elements of like eastern and western horror combined um and like the other fun fact about that one is that that particular director had a very big crisis of spirituality like making this film that film so like it really shows like how much of like this all these different philosophies mixed together uh to form that film um very unsettling film i was i was i was freaked out watching it so good good recommendation anyways all right will you got another one for us uh yeah actually uh so i i'd also listen to the girl taku podcasts because uh as a sibling series we i feel like we should plug them as uh often as we can but uh yeah there was one series i even though their listenership, I think, is higher than ours. <laughs> yeah, they should plug well, us, please. Well, we need the views. <laughs> yeah, uh, we need. Yeah, we need the listeners for sure. I mean, but there was one show I feel felt like they kind of left off in terms of just like good psychological like horror thriller. Um, it's a anime series uh, that uh, ran ran in twenty nineteen called uh, uh, Babylon, and uh, 
oh my goodness, it's like a, it's like a very suspenseful anime series, actually. It, I don't know if it got that much exposure because it was on during when um, Amazon Prime was just like scooping up all the new anime licenses for every new season, but I believe Sentai... I feel like I watched an episode yeah, of but that. I, I definitely watched a bit of it. It was one of the ones where, like, I think I had marathoned it with friends when it was all out at once. Yeah, and yeah you can explain, but it, it is a trip getting, like, the whole package, like, yeah. instead of it week to week. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you can talk about it uh, a bit later, Nico, because I am curious about your thoughts. But, yeah, um, I believe Sentai uh, also licensed the uh, home streaming rights, so you can get it on physical media, I think. But, yeah, uh, Babylon just follows this, like, uh, this, uh, I guess, uh, detective uh, prosecutor who, uh, sorry, a prosecutor who's kind of investigating all these, like, weird uh, serial murders that starts popping up uh, every on every case he uh, investigates. And um, it follows uh, his pursuit of this, like, mysterious woman named uh, uh, Magase, Ai Magase. Um, and she has the powers to, like, not only disguise herself as like many different women like around the world, but she also apparently uses her voice to convince like uh, just a- any kind of person to just like end their life, just jump into. I, I remember this now. Yeah, I've watched it. I watched <laughs> yeah, it yeah I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, but like, you know, I did watch it weekly and oh my God, it was like, there's, there's not one anime series that had me had my like blood pressure just like rising every week like it was a every every episode was like a must-see appointment like i had to really see what what was coming up next because every episode kind of ended on this like really twisty cliffhanger and like i really wanted to know you know who who magase was and like how and how like everything was gonna figure itself out and and, like it the series is also known for it's like really great like body dismemberment scene where um like magase just basically uh just cuts one of uh the prosecutor's like uh colleagues uh body parts but it's done really effectively because it's like interspliced with the prosecutor's like wife cooking uh a meal for like his child so it, it was Oh, nice! I it, love that. Yeah, love it's like the best off-screen like uh, violence that you can hear. Like you just hear the audio. Like there's no like outright visual gore that you see, but like you know the the uh, that call scene was just like probably one of the most thrilling, suspenseful anime scenes I've ever seen. And you know, I I, I feel like it, it's a polarizing series for a lot of people because like I, I don't know, I, I felt the ending was a bit like. Uh, a bit like rushed and maybe a little too open ended, but you know it. The episodes leading up to it were just like spot on, and I, I never, honestly, I never. There's not, there hasn't been an anime that just like kept me on my on my toes for uh for a while. So I really recommend Babylon if you really want to get your heart pumping uh this October. But I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts on it. Nick, have you seen any of it? Yeah, I, I, I saw it. It it has a really, really interesting bit, I think, from, like, the hook. Because I think it's, like, there, there's a lot of, like, really interesting mystery going on in, in Babylon. 
it, it goes really off the rails, I think, about halfway through. Where there's there's a certain point where I was like, wow, this is really good. And then a couple episodes later, I'm like, wow, this is really bad. And then, like, a few episodes later, I'm like, I I have no idea, like, what to think of the show. Because I wasn't really sure if it, like, respected my time going in. Because, like, there's a certain point I felt like I'm just going to have to be along for the ride. Because... I, I just wanted to see, like, what the explanation was going to be like, because I'm just, like, I, I'm lost speculating it at this point. Because, like, the only other show I think had gave me that same feeling was The Lost Village, where every week I think the explanation on that show got even more, like, pants off insane that I I couldn't even process, like what was going to happen each week and it was so funny if you want to have a laugh like watch watch the show the lost village but like read any discussions of like episode to episode as it was airing like get those dated comments because you can just see people like gradually getting more insane as like the plot goes on and like the ending until it gets to the satisfying because like it, it just kind of like ties itself into a knot where like there's no real satisfying way for me to like undo it it's it's just so um like i have to just say oh this was demonic or otherworldly like it's just it's just something has to be like very simple simplified in order to like process what i had watched um but it was still fun like i still really enjoyed the experience within babylon it's just yeah the ending was uh uh, i don't think it explained that much to be honest like i i felt like the series kind of like you know the main antagonist wasn't really revealed for who she was like we don't know anything about her still uh, all i know yeah exactly i'm like oh okay i guess that's it <laughs> yeah she's probably still going to do her thing i guess <laughs> yeah yeah no for sure it is a... <laughs> i i watched a couple episodes and then i think i stopped i can't remember why i think i got busy and unfortunately it was just like one of the shows that that didn't make it through the end of the season yeah like i said it, it really demands your attention yeah and then it's like i feel like it, it spits on me for paying too atten- too much attention to it and it's like that's why i don't it's like the weird why did it gotta do me like that you know that makes me think of uh h-bomber guy's video on why sherlock is bad where it's just like it just keeps stringing you along oh um, maybe like yeah, yeah, like I don't know, like maybe maybe that's a similar vibe, but like yeah, it's like a. I I don't think so, but uh, I I remember getting really excited for it and really interested. Oh, I think I know why I stopped watching it. I think we were actually watching it in regular DAC, and it didn't make it past the first round of service. Oh yeah, people were like we hate this at the beginning. <laughs> Just to give us new things, and you're like, okay, I guess interesting. Yeah, it's so. like yeah, no, like like yeah. Oh no, uh, I was gonna say it, it's like a series that builds upon the suspense and and and, and it, I guess it's thrilling elements, and it does kind of take a little more time to kind of get into it because of the mystery aspect but like i feel like the the best thing about babylon is, is like the build-up and you'll probably end up being disappointed by the uh, payout at the end uh unfortunately yeah speaking of shows with excellent build-ups and disappointing payouts i wanted to talk about one more kind of it i think it barely squeezes into the psychological uh aspect and a, a little bit into the horror aspect uh I would like to talk about real quick, just as a mention, Wonder Egg Priority. Hmm. Okay. Which is a show that I did not finish because 
I was instructed not to finish it by people I trust. Oh, you watched the twelve? You didn't watch episode like we don't. We I don't didn't talk watch about the last I, episode. I didn't watch. Yeah, I didn't watch that uh, forty-five minute OVA or whatever. Uh, but I, I, I finished it too, and I'm still lost to be honest. I, I was in the woods when it came out, and I got back from the woods, and I was like, "Hey, the Wondering Priority like last Devil episode came out. Should I watch it?" And everybody else in any trance just went, "No," and I went, "Okay," um, and I left it there. Uh, I just I I think about it because it does a very good like you know people are th- it it deals with some like mental mental health issues and a bunch of other stuff, and then kind of. It it takes all of that, and then I think around like episode eight maybe, or ten I don't remember. It takes this journey of growth and and positive stuff that these girls have been going through, and it takes it away from you and punches you in the gut and makes you eat it literally. Um, and so uh, that just that literally literally that last scene uh in that episode makes me want to just bring it up ever so briefly because I was along for the ride and then it 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 pulled a sneaky on me and I wish that it had stuck the landing because then I would have been able to wholeheartedly recommend yeah, it. Yeah, like no no joke, that was like the most unsettling thing in like that entire year was like that whole yeah. kill the pet, make you eat the pet. Like that 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 was traumatizing then, to watch. That absolutely traumatizing and then kind of bringing it up after that, which is just like looking at a plate of fried chicken and being like, oh god, and then having like the trauma. Yeah, you're your your alligator you. pet, you're like, oh, I guess it didn't taste like chicken. Uh, <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> uh, oh, oh man, you're, oh, you're just god. making me remember it now. I, I, honestly, it's like, um, yeah, I definitely do remember that uh, psychological horror aspect. Oh, you know what? Now that you remind me, the episode where they they kind of focused on the two uh i think they focused on the two professor the two teachers uh past and there was this like there was this like girl in in the episode like i don't know if you guys know but it just reminded me so much of like like the sci-fi horror splice a bit like where you just create like a synthetic humanoid that suddenly just goes like wild and and starts uh just really messing things up for your life after so that that uh, honestly i think that was my favorite episode of the series uh you know i think that's where things really started to slide um was like jokes on you we did the science thing instead of like actually dealing with that's where i felt like the show started to lose its way thematically it was a good episode and watching two grown men fall apart because turns out they're terrible people and are inadvertently like no, not necessarily ill intentioned, but they are still like mucking things up. Uh, is is a very good. It's good that it got made, and it's good that a lot of people watched it because I think it has a lot of valuable lessons in it. And I also love the fact that just a simple little like popping yep. noise. It, it's one of those things where like we have turned something objectively innocent and totally fine, and through context made it horrifying. And again, I love it when when shows do that. It's a good uh, recurring sound effect that. Or or something like that. I can't remember how it goes. Yeah, that little yeah. popping noise. I did enjoy though a meme of somebody uh basically made a pop cat meme because it's a very similar sound. I wonder if my mic picked that up. But anyways. Uh yeah. So an actual thing I wanted to talk about 
and I know that we're kind of running over, so I'll keep this short, but I did say at the beginning of the episode we were going to talk about it. Uh, Higurashi, very good. I, I, f- I think Higurashi, uh, when they cry, is definitely one of the better known horror and like dark shows. And again, that like psychological thriller kind of aspect. Um, it's been out for a while. It got its kind of revival, I think like last year when they uh, did base i'll call them like seasons three and four because they're seasons one and two which is the the questions arc and then the answers arc which are like 26 episodes a piece and then they did you know like 10 years later or whatever season three which is higurashi go yeah go and, and then uh, sotsu, i think yeah and then sotsu yeah and then they they're like twist they revealed a new key art like after like the first episode of sotsu which is really good. Uh, I have not watched those yet because I am still in the middle of season two uh, because Darker Than Dak didn't get that far. I've I re- My memories of Higurashi are primarily season one. And aside from a lot of let, let's remove some fingernails in the torture dungeon, the other thing that I remember is the ultimate perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Um, uh, it's it is the it is the anime equivalent of rocks fall everyone dies it is volcano erupts everyone, everyone dies in the village dies so uh. it covers up my murder so then no one will find yeah. out I murdered because everyone literally died in one of the arcs <laughs> it's so good yeah I think I re- that that was so remember funny that, yeah. We- we were like literally in this room and we're like, dude, is this like the perfect crime as he's like killing like he he like made like so I don't know how to describe the premise of the show or the episode, but like essentially normal people go insane for like no reason and it seems like it's a curse. Um and so this particular episode, yeah. our protagonist, who's basically been going through like multiple iterations of the same events with some factors changing. This time he ends up murdering like the objectively evil uncle character of one of the the, the people <laughs> and tries running yeah. away with her. And so it's like it's kind of like a crime of passion in the moment um, that just ends up being killed, but it's not clear if this is like part of the curse or not, if he's cursed or Yeah, is he the one that goes crazy? Yeah. You know, is he the killer of this? And it's just like you don't know because of like the fact that like by the by the end of this arc, it's like volcano erupts in the village and everyone dies. So no yeah. one finds out <laughs> yeah. that he actually kills the uncle in that in that particular arc. And it's like I just we were all shouting we were like this is crime. the ultimate perfect crime. <laughs> I think he says it. Does he say I think he it? Says we were shouting that crime. for sure because it was like so funny just watching that whole thing take place. I think it's because I think it's because Connor actually made a joke about it being the perfect crime, and then like thirty seconds later in the show, he says the ultimate perfect crime, and we all lost our minds. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, because it's like the the like the detectives are like dealing with this like years later. Be like, yeah, man, yeah. chief, the whole the whole village died. How do we? What are our leads? It's like, sir, we have no leads. Everyone is literally dead. Oh, yeah. Okay. And of course, that was that was the same season that in regular Dak we were watching Kino's Journey. So that was Volcanoes Two Dak Zero. Oh, that was so funny. You're right, dude. Oh my god. Dude, do you remember that? Okay, so, so remember this um, other random coincidence that happened to be like two shows that we happened to watch the same week that ended up being like the funniest like combination. 
Uh, you're gonna have to give me. Some so there's one episode of Sweetness and Lightning, the show with the dad and his daughter, and they cook food. Yeah. And one of the episodes, they cook the bechamel sauce. Um, and then the next show that same night was 91 Days, which is like this mafia thriller. Um, with the and, lasagna. Yeah, like oh. one of the mob bosses like puts a guy to death because, quote, he like didn't get the bechamel sauce correctly. And he like explicitly says that, like, you messed up the sauce, you gotta die. <laughs> and like we just <laughs> lost it because oh, 30 so minutes good. earlier we were watching like the wholesome, like, let's make the bechamel sauce episode. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, that's the duality of bechamel sauce you either have a you either have like a father-daughter bonding moment or you die or you, or you get a, you get killed by an angry italian who's mad at your cooking which it, it's understandable have a nice day you know um, yeah it, his fault for being a bad italian that, that's what every oh, good boy. italian would have killed that guy for messing <laughs> up the bechamel sauce oh boy you you yeah. mentioned a deep cut there i haven't watched 91 days in a while but that that was a that was a good uh series for sure I, I enjoyed 91 Days. Uh, it was it was a fun popcorn schlock kind of anime. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. So, uh, what are the takeaways from this episode? There are some spooky shows, some horror shows that are scary. Um, some things that are very violent that are outside the normal deck. Um, and then there's Cat Soup, which isn't any of these things, but it's actually the one thing that I think deeply scared me, I think, the most out of like everything I've ever watched as an anime. <laughs> And, oh, like, yeah, that's a big, yeah. deep, hot take because I have, like, watched, like, Cork Party and I always thought, like, the gore stuff and that was, like, super nasty. But, like, no, Nekojiro Sue or Cat Soup actually scarred me for life in, like, 30 minutes because it's such an abstract, trippy um, show about a cat going through the underworld trying to save his sister's soul. Um, and it ends up being way more abstract and violent than I expected going into it because I thought it was just going to be a thing about a cute cat. Fun cat adventure. Fun, yeah. that fun cat and it's just all cute and stuff and then like random things happen like he he like unplugs like a random background character and they deflate and so I'm like I'm looking at this and I'm like did he just like actually kill that person in like an abstract way? <laughs> there. I remember there's a scene where he's traveling, I think, with like a pig friend, and they need food, and he literally unzips the pig, removes, removes part his of the pig, flesh, eats, back and then he like offers, yeah, he makes tonkatsu, and he like offers it back to the pig, and the pig's just like, okay, <laughs> like you just like cut him open to eat him. Uh, uh, it's so silly, stuff. yeah. And then there's the, uh, yeah, I was about to say that's another Masaki Yuasa screenplay there, actually. Yeah, I believe he, he wrote that. Yeah, he, he he didn't direct this one, but he's part of like the script, the storyboard, the animation director. He it's he's got his fingerprints on it, so it's like again I, I don't know where you can watch this one. I'm sure there's like a YouTube clip of it. It's only thirty minutes long, so I'm sure it's somewhere. Um it's like if you want an abstract afternoon and have like a tiny existential crisis, like cat soup is there. And it's it's hella disturbing. It's uh, yeah. Well, Central Park Media licensed Cat Soup back in the day, so I don't know if it's available now. Are they still around? <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah. Not advocating for it. It's probably on YouTube, and no one is like actively using this license. Is what it sounds like. 
Um, yeah, it sounds like one of those things that falls through the cracks when it comes to the licensing of anything. So, so if I have like five bucks, I, I'm definitely, I definitely buy this one too. Like, please. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We ran a little over, but that's because we're just so passionate about this. And I have enough notes that we will be returning to more Spooktober shows because uh, there's entire genres we haven't covered yet. And so, yeah, uh, any last minute advertisements or plugs? Yeah, we can. F- aside from our standard outro. Yeah, I mean, we can follow the podcast at AnyTransPod on Twitter. Um, you can get this podcast wherever you get podcasts, such as Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Podbean, I don't know the other platforms, and more. Um, you can, I mean, you're listening to it yeah, right now. If you're so listening you to it, already. congratulations, you found it. You found us. Help somebody else find it. Um, you can follow me at AnyTransNico, at Nico the Neko, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Nico the Neko. Yeah, which, no, no relation uh, to the cat suit, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, at Konochioda on Twitter, and I usually run the... Uh, Annie Trends Pod, which is our official podcast account. I promise to post more. And uh, you can follow me at the writer SITB, and uh, you can usually find most of my news articles on the anime trending uh, website. So, yeah. Yeah. So, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We will see you next time. Uh, have a good October. so there was the one before we stop recording there was like the one time where there was one time well so we had a halloween special at the club yeah so at the anime club so uh for some reason when darker than dak fell on halloween there was one time where like it just so happened to be the day we were meeting was on halloween so we're like we got to do something for this so the other weird thing was like i ended up cleaning out an apartment that used to belong to like the the previous officers and we found a literal prop body bag in the in the like closet and we're like what <laughs> so there was no way we couldn't just use this right we have like we got to use this body bag so we ended up stuffing james in the body bag dressed him up like a skeleton and we just like carted him into the the room in the body bag and just like unzipped him like we were reviving him as a corpse <laughs> And then I ended up making a. I ended up like um, commissioning a. Cake we bought a cake. You gotta. You gotta post du- pics or pictures skeleton. Later. I gotta find the skeleton cake. I definitely took pictures of it because you know the like the thanks Mr. Skeletal meme. Uh yeah. I, well, I know Skeletor. Like it's the it's the no it's it's a skeleton oh, with a trunk. I gotta find it. Thanks, <laughs> okay. thanks Mr. Skeletal. Wait, did the uh, body so wait, I, did the I body had... bag belong to everyone or was it just like just there? It, yeah, it was collectively the, club. the club's body bag now. Oh okay. um, yeah. but so I got like a cake that just had this on top of it, but it was like hand designed by like the the Safeway people at the grocery yeah. store and so i was like i had to like make this request with like a straight face being like yeah i want my cake to be adorned with skulls and trumpets everywhere on this cake and so the, the lady's just like yep yep skulls and trumpets and i like showed the reference mr skeletal picture just to like just do that and so then the, the scenario was we carded him in in the body bag and we put on spooky music like we were going to revive him from the dead. And then I ended up duding his trumpet like three times to like revive him. It was it was pretty cringe, but it was also like really funny. that I, we yeah, had to like, so I was like unzipped from the body the bag, bag, stood up with, I, I was dressed in like black sweatpants and a black sweatshirt. And I had, I bought a uh, a bunch of like card a cardboard skeleton 
that you're supposed to like a, a Halloween decoration where all the bones are like individually separated. So I taped all the bones to like my arms and legs and then the skeleton part over my face uh, and then cut out a hole from my mouth so I could play my trumpet. It was very good. It was a very good meeting. Uh, and then we watched shows and ate chocolate cake. That that does sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> was that during uh, college? That's how for we you celebrate guys? Halloween. Oh, yeah. yeah. College. Yeah. My I was too busy. I was too busy doing schoolwork to drop in on my uh, anime club, but I did join and do some stuff every now and then. Yeah, it's good stuff. 